Dear Lord, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity to get into your word this morning. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. There's power in your word. Your words cause things into existence that did not exist. They stop the enemy right in their tracks. And they give us help from day to day. Lord, thank you for loving us and be with us at this time. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this, uh, I'm, I'm giving through different, three different presentations so, I, I, so you understand where I'm coming from. Um, I have, a, I have a, a keynote or a PowerPoint that uh, I was going to present. <laughs> doesn't look like it's going to happen. That has a lot of, of notes with it. If you're interested in them at all, if you, you might find any value in them, uh, I, would, I would say I have a card here. If you want to take the card and you want to email me, I would be more than happy to share with you those notes. If that's something that you, know, you, you would find benefit from, share them, use them any way that you can. Um, What's that? Oh yeah, if you have a flash drive, I'd be more than willing to, to give that to you. And um, it is, it is an, a, a keynote program. However, it's, uh, I can convert it into PowerPoint or PDF, whatever you need, just see me at the end. I'd be more than happy to share it with you. Uh, I want to, to let you know before we get started that these are, these, this is just an approach that I have been blessed by. It's, it, you might hear some of it and go, man, I think I heard that from someone else. It's very possible. Growing up, uh, people have shared ideas, and I think that's you know, what's so great about God's people. We come together and say, Lord, how, how's the Lord speaking to you? And then you say, well, you know, he's, this, is how he's, this is how he's doing it, and we share methods, and, and the goal is just to grow closer to Christ. So um, I am firmly convinced that uh, personal devotions are essential for God's people. Amen? Amen? If you don't have it, you're in trouble. Yeah. It's just like the guy who, who's married but never talks to his wife. You would question that, wouldn't you? You'd say, are you sure you're married? Have you talked to her lately? Oh yeah, we got married about 15 years ago and I, I'm sure we still are. You know, and, and unfortunately there are times where God's people uh, or those who proclaim to be God's people, they, they had an experience once, whether it was at summer camp or whatever, and they haven't talked to him since, and, uh, and, that's, and that's been a, that, that can tend to be an issue. So what I'd like to do um, is if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of John, chapter 17, verse 3. John 17, verse 3. Oh, yes. Thank you, ladies. That is the cord that I need. Perfect. John 17, verse 3. A beautiful text in Scripture. So what is eternal life? Knowing God. Now, it's a very, you might say, well, that's a, you know, it's kind of a simple, simple verse, but here's what you got to understand. If you want, how many of you say, hey, I want to go to heaven, I want to live forever, I want eternal life. Does anybody, if, I, yeah, a couple, yeah, praise the Lord. You're like, should I, am I boasting? You know, yeah, oh yeah, I want to live forever, right? Now, if you want to experience eternal life today, how can you do that? Yeah, get to know God. That's what the text says, right? Now, depending on what version you read, some versions say, you know, this is the way to eternal life. It's not necessarily works 
what you're doing. Uh, you know, I imagine you could do some things against God that could cause you to say, I don't want to know you. But in, in all actuality, if you want to experience eternal life today, know Jesus Christ. Now, how does that start? I believe it starts. It all starts and ends with your, your devotions, your daily walk with him. Now, let me preface before we get going on further. I'm not, there are different ways to study the Bible. That's why it's such, an, a, mag, such a magnificent supernatural book. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know it's, if it's fair to even call it a book. It just sounds so common. But I mean, this is the Word of God. All power is in your hands. And you can study it from different ways. Now, what I want to present to you this morning, and I hope this will be very interactive, is um, I want to present to you a way where the, where, where the Bible can come alive for you. This is how it's transformed the way that I study. And so um, you can study the Bible to try and, and, and figure out how your stance on like what happens when you die. You can study the Bible to figure out why you're not a certain type of, you don't have a certain type of belief or religion. I'm looking at this morning uh, specifically growing close to the Lord, falling in love with Jesus. Just purely, I love you and you love me. You know? I'm married. And when I first met my wife, oh, by the way, I still feel that way. I hope, Melinda, if you ever hear this, you remember that. Uh, I still feel that way. But any time I get to spend with my wife, I'm like, yes. But I remember when we first started dating, just talking to her on the phone, just, oh, don't ever hang up, you know. It's fantastic. And, and I believe that when we get this excited and, and, and focus, and I don't want to be an emotionalist here, but I mean, I've got to be honest with you, when I read the Bible, it gets me excited. I, think, I don't think that when we get to heaven and stand in the presence of God, we're going to be like, oh, you know, I really don't want to show my emotions here. <laughs> this fruit's okay. <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, you're going to be like, amen. Right? Amen? So... All right, so, um, so anyway, I want to talk a little bit about th this, this concept of morning, morning manna. And if you go to the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 35, um, I want to share something with you. Again, I'm not dogmatic. I don't want to be a legalist on this, but I, I personally practice and, and am of the belief that the devotion should happen before I start my day. And... Please understand that. I want that to be in this light. If you have your devotions in the evening or at noontime, or you know, maybe you're like a three-time, four-time a day, that's awesome. But for me, I dare not get out of bed or I dare not leave the house until I connect with my Lord. Because if I walk out of that house, oh boy. And, 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 and it's a scary thing for everyone in my path because I will be acting on how I feel. And I'm an idiot. Just straight up, I am an idiot. Um, and so I, I want the Lord to, to work, work uh, through me. So Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Could someone read that, please? Amen. So that was his habit. Sometimes he'd go, this is interesting, sometimes he'd go all night because I just want to be with you. He, has that, he had that love for the Father. 
that that was more important than anything. Again, I would forsake sleep, food, everything just to spend time with my wife. Because I, it was just so important to me. And I believe that uh, it, it can be that way as well in your personal devotion times, where you can actually be so into the Word that you forget about food. You have to set the alarm, otherwise you'll be late for many meetings and everybody will be mad. Where's he at? Well, he's communing with the Lord, you know. Uh, amen. So, all right, I want to read a text to you. Or excuse me, a text, a passage in the book, Desire of Ages, page 363. Those of you that just come, are coming in, I, I want you to know that uh, uh, I have this, this keynote. I could convert it to a PowerPoint and to a PDF. I'd be happy to send it to any of you if you're interested in any of these notes. Um, I have a card up here if you want to email. If you have a thumb drive, I can work through that as well, if they would be helpful to you. But I want to read this passage to you. Uh, as a man, he supplicated the throne of God till his humanity was charged with a heavenly current that should connect humanity with divinity. Through continual communion, he received life from God that he might impart life to the world. And this is the kicker, this last part. I love this. She says this, his experience is to be ours. Woo! You can just go around and walk along and just <laughs> shoot it with a little heavenly jolt. <laughs> Isn't that great? You remember that story where Jesus is walking along and all of a sudden he goes, hey, wait a minute. Somebody touch me. And they're like, what, are you kidding me? We're in this mob. Everybody's touching. He's like, no, power has left me. Wow. And you say, wow, that was Christ. That couldn't happen to humans. Yeah, it did. There are people who, you start reading about the, the apostles and Paul and Peter, they would be walking along and shadows would cast over people. Boom, they'd be healed. They'd say, hey, touch my hanky so I can take it back. And boom, they're healed. Why? Because the power of Christ, when you commune with him, changes things. Amen. And he's working through you. And the power is amazing. That experience can be your experience. Um, before we get into a Bible study, before you open up the Word of God, I really think it's important that you pray first. Because here's the thing. Have you ever heard of somebody who, or maybe you've done this yourself, where you've started studying the Bible just, and you've done it casually, you come across some type of, oh, this is an all, this is new light, this is truth, and you come up with some type of false premise? Have churches done this? where they have these beliefs, and you're like, where did you get that? Well, it's really important that as I'm reading the Bible, that I ask that the Spirit of God be in, uh, in the room and speaking to me. Because if I'm just looking at it casually, I could be in trouble. And there's a, there's a passage, or there's a, there's a, there's a um, procedure that I go through as a, as, this is just my version of, of how I pray. And it's, it's, uh, it's a five-step thing. I first start off by praising him. This morning, I got up and I just praised him. Hey, Lord, thank you so much for not, flashing the cra not having the, the plane crash. I flew last night. It was a wonderful flight. I got to meet this guy. His name was Paulo. Great guy. Had a wonderful experience. Slept like the dead. It was fantastic, Lord. You woke me up. Praise the Lord. Things are just going wonderfully. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share with these people today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right? I mean, there's so much to thank him over. The second thing was, was, Lord, I'm really sorry. I start confession. Forgive me for these sins. 
The Bible says that your, your iniquity has separated you from Christ. So I don't want that. Right? So I'm like, Lord, if there's anything in my heart, please conf- I confess it to you. Please forgive me. Lord, show me in my heart what I need to confess. And then after I go through that, um, then I start interceding for others. Oh, Lord, please be with so-and-so. Please help, help them in, in whatever way. And, then, and I, I have a little list that, I, that I'm praying for. I, I'm, a, I'm a, the principal at Weimar Academy, so I start praying for my kids. Oh, Lord, please be with this person. Please be with this one. Lord, I had a bad day yesterday. They could hate my guts this morning. Please help me to restore the relationship. Or, or this young man is in full-out rebellion. I didn't do anything wrong, but for whatever reason, he's in rebellion. Lord, please bring him in. I just spoke at the ASI conference, a very interesting thing. There was a, there was a, I had someone who, who came into the room, and I knew that he hated me. Just hated me. He gave me these daggers. And I'm trying to speak like, like this. And can you imagine somebody in the back of the room just, you know, doing this? And he was talking to her the whole time. And I thought, oh, Lord. And I, it's not like I can stop, right? Can I just time out here? And then I go over and, Lord, you know, be with this young man. No. I, so I just, I'm throwing up this prayer and I'm all trying to multitask because I'm trying to talk to people. And, and he's just giving me these dirty looks. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, please, in spite of me, touch this young man's heart. Wouldn't, even, wouldn't want to talk to me. Wouldn't even shake my hand. Nothing. And I was just so distraught over that. Well, the next day, a guy came up to me and goes, Hey, uh, the next room over, he goes, Hey, there's a guy uh, that's been coming over to our group. And I said, Yeah, I know. He hates my guts. He goes, Yeah, he does. <laughs> However, yesterday during your talk, even though he was in your talk, God spoke to his heart, and he, he started to work on him. He came over here this morning and came forward with the altar call. Amen. Now, that's the Holy Spirit, wow. right? Amen. Okay, so the next, so after the intercession part, uh, we go with this. I just say this, Lord, help me to abide in you today. Let me hang out with you. And Lord, you're doing something, like you're already working. It's not like, sometimes I'll, I'll slip up and I'll say, hey, Lord, walk with me today. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're already doing something. Help me to get in line with that. Can I just abide with you today? And then I, I end my prayer by just saying, thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you're about to do. Now, with that mindset, then I get into the Word. Lord, what do you want to tell me today? Let's have some fun. And I enjoy my time with the Lord. And so what, what I do, again, this, this is just something I, I like to do, is I go through, I'll pick a passage, and then and we read through it. And what we're going to do today, hopefully this will, you're, you're okay with this. Again, I'm a teacher. I'm not a pastor. I like, I like interaction. If I, my students aren't involved, and I'm afraid they're sleeping or they're doing other things. So... Um, I'm going to ask you to kind of be involved here, if, if that would be okay. But I'd like you to go to one of the most, some would argue that one of the most famous Bible story, at least in the Old Testament, you learn as a kid, but one of, if not the, and it's, and it's uh, the David and Goliath story. So I'd like you to go, if you have your Bible, go to 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to go through this process, and um, uh, we will, okay, thank you guys. I appreciate all you're doing.
<laughs> All right. So, going to 1 Samuel 17. And what, I'm, 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 uh, what, what, what I like to do is, I like to read through the passage multiple times. Because of our time restraints, we are... Boy, I really would love to read through this whole chapter. But what we'll do is, uh, let's pick a piece of it. And, um, I don't know, it won't take that long. I'm let, you okay? Let's get into the Word. Let's have some fun with this. Um, I, I, could I get some people, we'll just kind of break it up. If you don't have a Bible, snuggle up to somebody you don't know and uh, look with them. Uh, but in, in 1 Samuel 17, if I can get someone to read the first seven verses, can I get a hand? Okay, right here, sir. Okay, and um, uh, 8 through uh, 15. Okay, right here. All right, 16 through 24. Right here. Okay. 25 through 30. Okay. Uh, 31 to 40. Oh, great. Fantastic. 31 to 40. Right here. Okay. And then uh, 41 to 50. Right here. Okay. And then finish off 51 to 58. One more. I need one more. Oh, right here? Okay, 51 to 58. Okay, so please read loud. Uh, you don't have to be a speed reader, but let's, you know, let's get through that. And then let, let's get the story in our minds, and then we'll, we'll, have, we'll, we'll get through this. Okay. okay, let me stop real quick. I just realized something. We did have prayer to start off the seminar, but some of you came in late, so I want to have prayer again. Because it would be foolish for me to say, oh, you've got to have all this prayer, and then... Hey, why didn't we pray? <laughs> so let's have, let's have some time... Uh, and uh, that, that prayer that I go through takes a long, a long time. So, again, for sake of time, we'll, we're going to have a, a general prayer. But let, let's pray and ask the Lord to just guide us as we get into the Word. Is, is it okay? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for giving us your Word. It is powerful. And Lord, we ask that your, your Holy Spirit would be in this room, that it would remove all distractions. And Lord, that we could... Um, just focus on, on what lesson you want to teach us today, Lord. Bless us is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, real quick, now that I have a PowerPoint, uh, for, again, for the, uh, it wasn't supposed to be like this. I want to back up and show you something before we get started. I didn't think we were going to have this, but I think this would, uh, yeah, this would be helpful. Seven Bible study tips that work for me. Again, I can, I can get you this if you don't want to write really fast, we're going to go through these rather, relatively fast. Don't eat before you study. Now, the reason why I say that is it's not like an ab these aren't absolutes, but when I eat before I study, I tank. I carb out and I, and I fall asleep, and I don't want to do that. So that's what I, I choose to do. I do this before I eat because after I eat, I'm just going to go to bed, unfortunately. Uh, so, again, these, these are what works for me. Second is take a shower and get dressed first. I personally like to do, I don't know if you can stomach it, but I like to do a hot and cold. I do a hot and cold every morning, turn it up as hot as I can, then crank it to cold. For those of you that have a caffeine addiction, nothing will wake you up faster than a hot and cold shower. It'll just bam, and then I am awake and uh, full of juice for the rest of the day, and I don't crash. So, uh, but that's something that will wake me up, and so I, I want God to have my full attention. Um, another tip that works is sit in an upright chair. I, I try to avoid the couch unless I know that I'm going to fall asleep in the Lord. Okay? 
If I'm laying down on the couch, my wife knows that I'm going to, I'm, you know, I got about a 15, 20 minute, and then I'm out. But if I'm serious about Bible study, I'm going to sit in an upright chair that's preferably comfortable. Don't listen to music. If you must, then listen to music without words. Sometimes you're in a situation where you want, you want music, like I was on the plane coming uh, last night. There was a lot of other noises, and I wanted to just focus, so I just plugged in, and then uh, I was able to get around that background noise. If, if, if possible, don't listen to music, but if, if you need it. Because if, you, if you're, you're hearing the words and you start listening, you're venturing up there and you lose your focus. So, that, again, that's me. Of course, you have to understand that I have severe ADD, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm old enough to not be diagnosed, but I'm sure, you know, anything is like squirrel. You know, I just get all excited. Um, so I really have to focus my attention. Another thing, shut off your cell phone. Because otherwise, I'll be talking to everybody, texting people. Oh, look what's on here. You know, shut it off or like put it in the other room so that doesn't distract you. Um, close the door to your room. Close the door to your room. Uh, because people will come in. If you're, especially if you're a social person, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll want to talk to everybody. And uh, um, that, I think that ends, the last one is study by yourself. Now, again, this is because I want to give God my full attention. My wife, I love my wife. She's very, uh, and I, I don't say this in a negative way, uh, very possessive. She doesn't count it as quality time if another person's in the room. You know, I'll say, hey, you want to go out? Yeah, and we're going to bring so-and-so. Oh, okay, that's fine. But then later, don't count that as, you know, just you and me time, right? So... I love studying in groups, but if I want to focus just on the Lord, and again, this is my daily love affair, my daily devotions, I want to do that by myself so that I can hear Him. Does that make sense? Okay. Again, that's just some tips that work for me. Uh, okay, so, <clears throat> I, I like to pick a passage and read it three times. We're not going to read it three times this morning, but let's begin in a passage. We've prayed, we've got the tips, everyone's cell phone's off. Just kidding. But, uh, uh, and then at least the ringers. And then we'll, uh, and we'll continue on. Go ahead. Okay. Let, me, let me stop real quick and, and take you to this next, this next part. And then, and then um, maybe this, this will be clear. I need, I need a volunteer to be Goliath. I, I don't, you, okay, come on. All right, you're glad. All right, now, here's what I want you to understand. This is something that really helps me. I start projecting myself into the passage. And so uh, we're going to use a visual this, this morning of having different people come forward. And then you'll see this. But I, I want you to, to, to try and think this in your mind. Okay? Because when we get done with this passage, then we're going to start, you start looking at things from different people in the passage. And it, and it, it really is awesome, I think. So, okay, continue on. Okay, Goliath, you're here. All right? Good. And you're, you're defying... Okay, you look defiant. Okay, good. And he looks, yeah, bad and defiant. Yeah. All right. No one wants to fight this guy. Okay, continue on. Okay, let's stop real quick. Saul, I need a Saul. So just come on up. Uh, I, can, I can pick somebody. You want to be a Saul, Nestor? All right. We'll pick on Nestor this morning. All right, so you're going to be over here, and you're terrified. You're terrified. Okay. Come on over here. All right. All right, good. Okay, continue on. Okay. I need, I need David and three brothers. Okay? So, all right. Who do you want to be, David or one of the brothers? David. You know you want to be David. All right, come on up. Okay? Come on up. All right. So, 
you're going to be, you're going to actually come over here. You're not on the scene right now. But again, in your mind, I, I, I want you to, I want you to, you're, you're processing this. I'm giving you a visual now, but uh, when I study the Bible, I start, okay, here's the people and try to visualize, this is what's going on. So I need one more brother. Brother, come on up. Yeah. All right. All right. So there's a story. Now, here's projecting yourself in the passage. Here's what we have. We've got King Saul and his fair daughter, who whoever takes out Goliath gets her. And everyone says, ooh, right? You're the prize. Now, again, yeah, David's like, yeah. All right, so now here's what I want you to get. If you're projecting, projecting yourself in this passage, if you're the king's daughter, what are you thinking right now? I hope this victory, yeah, exactly. Goliath could be my husband. <laughs> That's what everyone thinks. Right? Now, you could be really selfish. You could be really selfish and think, oh, I really hope that the victor is cute, you know, or I hope he, you know, he keeps the Sabbath, whatever. I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> you're, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to figure this all out, okay? And, and, you're, and, and as you're studying the Bible, you're, you're projecting, you're thinking, okay, what if I'm Saul? Now, think this through. Goliath comes out for, all, for 40 days, and he's making fun of everyone. And he's saying, hey, bring me the best you got. Now, if you're, you guys are the Philistines, sorry. You guys are the Israelites, amen. Right, when he's calling you all out, who are you looking at? Saul. Everyone is staring at Saul, and Saul's like, yeah, wonder who. And, and here's, what does he actually do? Instead of stepping up, what does he put in place of himself? His daughter. Here, I'm not going for him, but if anybody wants to give it a shot, here's my daughter. So the king's not even going to battle. He's hiding behind his daughter. He can't really hide because he's head and shoulders taller than everybody. Right? There's so much power in projecting yourself in the text. Okay, so here I'm at. You say, okay, well, what's, what's David's brothers? You want to be Eliab? All right, so you're, come on over here, Eliab. Nice shoes, by the way. Um, you see David coming up, right? How do you feel about it? Well, according to the Bible. According to the Bible, Eliab was very angry with, with David. Right, so. It's like, why are you here? What are you doing? Are you going to show me up? Right. So let me ask you, whose spirit up here are you more, most like? Whose spirit? Yeah, whose, whose spirit up here are you most like? Of the people that are in this story right now, whose spirit are you showing? Like, who, do you, who are you most like with your, with your disdain towards David? Saul? Well, not Saul. Saul's, anybody help me? You're like Goliath right now. I mean, you want him dead like Goliath wants him dead. You hate his guts. Now, this is kind of somewhat humorous, but here's the person that holds the cheese, right? You're the baggage keeper, right? David comes up and says, like, hey, man, hold my cheese, right? So you're in charge of holding his cheese and his other things. And then he, you, you watch as David walks over. Again, you're projecting yourself in the text. Come on up. David walks over, and what's he do? He hears Goliath talking, all right? So you're David now, and you hear Goliath talking, and he's bad-mouthing who? And who is God to you, David? God is everything. Yeah. 
So it's like, it's worse than him making fun of your mama. <laughs> right? What would I do if, if somebody made fun of God? Now, in today's society, I ask you, what would you do if someone started making fun of your God? Would you be like, David? Oh, no. Or would you be like, Saul? Right? It's powerful, man, projecting yourself in the text. So, so here's, here's David. So David's like, oh, Goliath, huh? Oh, he's going down. Who's with me? <laughs> no, but you're projecting, remember, you're projecting your mind in the text. Who's with me? Now, what lesson does that tell you? How can you apply that to yourself today? Sometimes standing for your God is what? Is all by yourself. Even though you have a family, whether it's a church family or a blood family, you think it's all with you, when it all comes down to it, there's a chance that you might be all by yourself. Now, this is interesting. If you read the chapter before, you, if you want to get the whole context of the story, which uh, because of time restraints can't do it, but David, did Saul know who David was? If you've read this story before, if you read 16, yeah, they brought him in to play music for him. Actually, you know what Saul made David? Saul made David his, if you look in for chapter 16, his armor bearer. Now, now, as the story progresses, he goes over, you go over to Saul and you say, hey, I can do this. And, 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 and again, you're David. You, you give him reasons why. Well, I killed this lion. I killed this bear many times. Many times. Now, here's something interesting. If you're David, again, this is, this is me thinking. I'm projecting myself in David. All of my life, I've been doing things that basically all of my older brothers told me to do because they didn't want to do it. And I thought it was a thankless job. But in all actuality, God was preparing me for this moment in time. So here I am, I'm 38 years old, and all of my life experiences that I don't think meant much, all the time that I daydreamed in school and I wasn't paying attention, and I had a hard time sitting still, God is like, no, I can work with that. You're a little out of control. If I can bring you into, into my will, I can use this. I don't know what you've gone through in your life, but God can use all of it, even the most painful experiences, to do amazing things for him. It make sense? Amen. So here's David. He's like, hey, let me give you some reasons. So Saul's like, Saul, now you project yourself at Saul. You're looking at David, and you're like, I don't think so. He's, a, he's like, he's my, he's my human iPod. <laughs> he's a good harpster, but... Seriously? You got a great voice. You're kind of cute. My daughter would like you, but... Right? He doesn't even have any equipment. Right? Saul, Saul then, as you hear the story, Saul goes, hey, take my stuff. Now that doesn't work. Okay, so again, we're projecting ourselves to the text. David, again, says, you know, I can't use this armor. He, he, yeah, you put all, you put, yeah, there you go. You just got all, he's, first of all, you, you're walking away. It says, walks away with his armor with Saul. And then he turns back and says, yeah, I, I can't use this. So Saul might be thinking as he turns around with his armor, what are you thinking, Saul, if David turns around towards you with all this armor on? You're thinking that he's going to quit. Yeah, I didn't think it was a good idea anyway. And they're like, no, 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 I want all of this off. Now, you're looking at Goliath, and Goliath, it's described how much stuff he's got on. And he's got an armor bearer. And you're thinking, 
I don't even know how you could hit something like that. How could you destroy that? And, and you're, again, you're projecting yourself in the text, you're thinking, man, this is a bad idea. But because there's not another option, and he doesn't have enough guts, he sends David. Isn't that interesting? Okay, now you're David. Meanwhile, just for fun, imagine you're the guy holding it, or the lady holding the cheese. This is, you know what I mean? You're like sitting here going, whoa, this is crazy. It's in the, it's in the Bible. Yeah, no, yeah, good question. Where did the cheese come in? Look at verse 18. Take ten cuts of cheese to your brothers. And it says when David showed up, he gave all his baggage to the baggage keeper. Hey, hold all my stuff. Hold my cheese. Right? Is that, am I wrong? By the way, what's your name? Will, thank you, Will. This is a good point, and I, I probably should connect on more with this application method, but you always want to be comparing everything you think to Scripture. Because if you're not, you can come up with this really great story that has nothing to do with the truth. So you want to keep looking. Is that true? Is that true? Is that true? I remember once I was studying the story of Balaam, and I had this great idea. Maybe we can all talk to animals when we get to heaven, because they'll just talk to us. And I could I had this great idea. And then I, and I read in the Bible, Spirit of Prophecy, she's like, no, it wasn't a donkey you're talking. It was an angel speaking through the donkey. So then I'm like, no, eh, that doesn't work. You know, because you've got to compare it to the Word of God. Because if you get off of the Word of God, you're in a whole heap of trouble. So projecting yourself in this passage, it can be so amazing and, and so vibrant. But you want to make sure you're sticking to the text. Okay? All right, so David comes. Now, he, he doesn't... Does, does David, after he leaves Saul, you're looking at Saul, do you have anything to defeat him with? What do you have? You got a slingshot and a... No, you don't even have that. I mean, you, as soon as you leave Saul, you, don't, you have a slingshot and a stick. Right? And what if you're Eliab right now? Yeah, you're crazy and you're mad. I'm going to kill you if Goliath doesn't, but he's going to. This is terrible. Now we're all going to be slaves because my, my foolish little brother, oh, why did, he, why did Dad send him? And he's angry. What, well, how, can you, how, can, how, can that bring, how can you think of that today? You could have family members that hate your guts for doing what's right. And they're just as much the enemy as Goliath is. But you love them, but you recognize who they are. That's hard. You know, the toughest people to, to deal with is family who are against you. People you don't know that are against you, like, eh, whatever, I'll never see you. But family, they just they never go away. <laughs> and you want them to, to love you, but you can have issues. If you have a divided family right now, if you're struggling with family issues, this story is for you. By the way, just uh, time out for a second. This story has been one of the most famous stories in the Bible. Has anyone here, in just a few minutes, thought of something new that you never saw before in the story? Anybody? Like, oh, wow, hey, I never thought about that. Again, like, yeah, like what about the cheese? You know, I mean, it's there. Yeah, Parmesan, yeah. But here's the deal. The reason why is we really don't, I, for me, I don't, take, I, have, I don't take the time as much as I should to get into the text. I, I, I listen to Uncle Arthur, or I hear someone tell me the story, and that's where I get, instead of digging deep in the Word of God, when I come across people who say the Bible's boring, I'm like, man, you must not be reading it. 
It's awesome. It's better than any junk movie that's out. Right? Okay, so here you go. You're walking towards him. And then, okay, you're right. You're, you're, well, yeah, hold on. We'll stop for a second. I want you to stop right now. Who do you see? See, Goliath and the armor bearer, and then, of course, the Philistines are behind him, right? Who are you? You're the armor bearer, and you're David. So think this through. It's not enough that he has to fight Goliath. It's the armor bearer against the armor bearer, who probably looked like he could whip him too, <laughs> and Goliath, who, if you study in Ellen White, she says he was 12 feet tall. The Bible says he was, he was over 9 feet. She says he was 12. So you're going, ah. and, and then the guy who's supposed to be with you is over hiding behind his daughter, going, go ahead. Hope you win. Right? So you stop down and you pick up, you know, this is inter interesting. We're in, the, in my third, third talk, we're going to talk about the trivial parts of Scripture uh, that we, we seem to overlook. But he picks up five stones, specifically five. Why five? Well, yeah, so, some would suggest his brothers, some would suggest sons. There, there's, there's a passage actually in 2 Samuel that says that, that Goliath had four sons and David killed them all. Now you could argue, someone said, no, no, it's brothers. I'm not going to debate that. All I know is I have scripture that says he had four kids. So was David intending to miss? No. I need five, one for you. I'll take care of him. And I got four left. So here he comes, he picks up, and then the, the curses began, right? And then you're running at him. Now, now this is what's interesting. Da Goliath is covered from head to toe with armor. So when David, again, you're in David, do you have something to hit yet? No. So David, think about this. I'm running straight at the enemy and I don't have an answer on how he will be defeated. But I'm confident that God will show the way. Wow. So much faith, right? And then, again, uh, personal application. Do I have that much faith? The Goliaths are in my life. Am I running at them? Am I, or am I hiding behind someone saying, take him out, Lord, and then he'll come out? Right? Projecting yourself into the passage is very cool. Okay, now this is where some, some help can come. If you read in Patriots and Prophets, what does Ellen White say Goliath did to reveal a spot? Does anybody know? You ever read this passage? If you, if, if you want to get into the, the beauty of adding Ellen White to your Bible study, that's the next one after this. But uh, she says that he got so angry. Now, you're Goliath. Project yourself in Goliath. You're so angry at this little brat running at you. <laughs> you gird yourself to kill him, and you do something you don't even realize you're doing. It's, it's one of the last things you do. You adjust your helmet. She said he went like this, like, you know, you just kind of flex. All right, it is on. And so you're going out to whip him. Now, let me ask you this. You have all this armor. Do you think you need any of it to beat him? None. None. He doesn't even have a weapon. What is that thing he's swinging? Sock. Yeah. Sock. So you're going to rip his flesh apart. You're strong enough to do that. Now, not to be gross or anything, but if you're a lot bigger than someone, whether it's a little child or whatever, you could physically do that, couldn't you? That's gross, right? 
But Goliath was going to do that to him. He was so strong, he could literally probably rip his flesh off. And he's planning on it. And he adjusts. Okay? Now, this is something that you cannot do, but this is something I like to think about. What's God doing right now? What's his angels doing right now? What's the Holy Spirit doing right now? That's my duck telling me we don't have much time. I am so sorry. We're going to go quick. But here's God saying, the Holy Spirit going, Now, David, throw it now. And I believe that God took that rock and turned it into a deadly ballistic missile slash bullet. Now, earlier on, if you, if you follow the passage of the Scripture, David said he was going to cut off his head. What, was Dave, what did David have to do that? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you, you, that's a pretty. I'm going to cut your head off. What with your staff, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I'm going to use your sword. Now I don't even know if he thought about that. Even he just, he, you know, the, the 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 rock hits. He falls down, and David goes, eh, "Let me just take his sword." What's that? Right. Yeah, just, it wasn't hard to, you know, just kind of, uh, it's too heavy, you know. I don't know, but again, you're projecting this, right? Now, once he does this, where's the armor bearer? You're the armor bearer, project yourself. I'm the armor bearer, I see what he just did with that sling, and what do you think? I am so out of here, right? And then you're, you're, you're looking at the story and going, wow, yeah. Yeah, if you're the armor bearer, I am so gone. Again, the, the guy, the lady, or the, the, the bear holding the cheese is going, this is amazing. <laughs> right. And, and I, I have his cheese. I can't wait to go give it to him and go, wow. David cuts off his head, and then it says, they were in Succoth, right? Or, or how, is that how you pronounce it? Then it says he cut off his head, and then where did he take it to? Jerusalem. So do you know how far that is away? Again, third, third breakout, we'll talk about these little trivial things that don't seem much. He carried his head for like 30 miles. <laughs> Let me put all his stuff in my tent. Now why would you do that? To show people what? The power of God, right? Again, you're projecting yourself and test. why would I carry this nasty head? Nasty, nasty. Yeah, the nastiness of it, whether you put it in a bag or whatever, to show everyone else how powerful God is. God can take anything that you go through for his glory. He wants to give you his victories as strong as Goliath. Right? It's powerful projecting yourself. We got through one, and I have to quit. I'm so sorry. We're going to go through this quick. Uh, I'll continue on. What does this passage, let me ask you these questions. What does this passage tell you about God? Anyone? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sit down. I'm sorry. Yeah, you get, get, get back out of the text. Um, man, this is so powerful. Then I just sit back and say, okay, what does this passage tell me about God? Anybody? What does it tell you about God? Right. He can make a way out of no way. There's a, there's a text in the Bible that says he calls things to, in, into existence that aren't. He sees things that aren't as though they are. <laughs> 
So if he tells you to run straight at that wall and just about impact, you've got to believe it's going to disappear. All right, so, yeah, God does anything else. Yes? Amen. He wants you to be conquerors in life. What else? A rewarder of great things. Yeah, great faith. He wants to do, okay, yeah. He wants to use you, right? If you think I have nothing to offer the church, oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Okay. Um, I got I to gotta quit? Yeah, okay, I'm almost done. How can this lesson help me today? Give me, give me one, one answer. How can this, to trust, I'm going to trust in him today, Okay. Check for congruency with the Bible. Again, make sure that what you think is going on is really going on. Because you don't want to go and, and give something that isn't true. Again, I, I, have, I have business cards. Take, I know you've got to hurry. At the end, take them with you. Email me. I'll send this, these notes to you if you want them. Um, check with the sister. I love to compare Ellen White to the Bible. I like to check, you know, what does she say about this? We're going to talk about their next breakout. It's so powerful. Okay? Um, pray for an opportunity to share it today. Okay? So that's, a, that's a, like, we had this little uh, fun time right now. So then now you're like, okay, who can I give it to? Now, uh, again, morning manna is like bread, and I'll close with this, I promise. It's, it's like you have this really great warm loaf of bread. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's really warm. You can smell it. You know, and, then, and then when God gives you that food in the morning, you can eat it. And you're like, oh, this is fantastic. And the, and the, and the, and the aroma is, pervades everyone around you. Like, hey, is that brand new bread? And you're like, yeah. Would you like some? And you start sharing. Like, man, this is fantastic bread. That's how the Word of God is. God will give you opportunities. They'll sense it on you. And you'll go, hey, let me share with you something today. And you can be a blessing to everyone. And it all starts with your morning devotions. Amen. All right. <laughs> Sorry to finish there rather quickly. Um, I hope this is a blessing to you. God is amazing. He wants to have a living, breathing relationship with you. I believe sincerely with all my heart that the devotions, your devotional life is essential to get you through these last times. It's essential for salvation. And uh, I pray all the best to you um, in, your, in, your, in your time with him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for being an awesome God. Thank you for this living, breathing, amazing word. Lord, may we eat extra helpings of it and then carry leftovers to share with everyone we meet so they will see you in us, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.